morning. Good morning, everyone. I was reminded when we were um, worshiping a few weeks ago, we meet on Wednesday nights for prayer. And um, I I just want to pray really quick before we start. We love you so much today. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Father, I just set my eyes and my heart upon you today. Holy Spirit, I just submit and surrender myself to you, and I ask that you would anoint the words that I speak, that they would not be my words, but they would be your words. And I pray that they would touch hearts. There would be understanding and revelation. Calm my nerves. Thank you for what you're about to do and what you're doing in the midst of the earth and all of your children. Thank you for the move of God that's taking place right now and the call, the trumpet sound that has been sounded for all to come. We love you. Amen. I'm going to take a quick drink. I was reminded during our worship that a few weeks ago in our prayer time, That song that we used to sing years ago, all the time, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It was such a penetrating moment in our prayer that pierced and sent us on the vantage where the Holy Spirit wanted us to go. I don't know about you, but I love to worship. I don't know that there's anything that makes me happier and to worship the Lord. I think I may have come out of the womb worshiping and didn't even know it. I love to worship. I love to worship Jesus. So, you know, in the past few weeks, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit here at Praise Chapel. And so there are a few things that I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about intimacy. And I'm going to talk about waiting today. Before um, we get started, I just wanted to bring to mind, to kind of lay a foundation, because sometimes we think that because we're not as good as that person, or we've sinned yesterday, committed an awful sin, or a lie, even though in God's eyes, sin is sin, whether it's murder or a lie, sin is sin, that we cannot hear the voice of the Lord. And we cannot be used by God. And that is a lie of the enemy. He uses, you know, God says when we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Not only does he forgive us, but he says, I put it in the sea of forgetfulness. And I don't remember it anymore. It's all gone. So I was reminded of Solomon. And, you know, Solomon was a very, very wise man. I believe the word said he was the wisest man and the richest man in his time, if not in the word. But the Lord, what the Lord was reminding me um, is that Solomon's father was David. Solomon's mother was, why can't I think of her name right now? Pardon me? Thank you, Bathsheba. Just 
slipped my mind. Bathsheba, though, if we recall, was married to another man, a man named Uriah, who was one of King David's best friends. And Uriah was on the front line. In that time, there was a great war going on in Israel. And he was on the front line fighting for Israel. And one night, David was up late in the light, and he was restless, and he was pacing on his balcony. And he looked out, and he saw a woman bathing, and he lusted after her, and he sent his servants to call her to him. Now, what happened from that moment, there was a child that was going to be born. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm just losing my train of thought here for a second. My point is that there is proof in the word of God's forgiveness. God forgave David of the terrible sin. Not just that he had committed adultery, but what David did, because he could not convince his best friend to come back from the front line, to just take a little break and a vacation. He'd been fighting for so hard. Uriah refused to leave the front line and leave his men. And so David had him put to the very front of the line where he was murdered. And so there was this sin in the line. But God's forgiveness and mercy is shown here in, in Solomon, who was a wise and a very wealthy king. So I want you to remember that regardless of what we do, we can still hear from the Lord. David repented. David heard from the Lord. He turned from his sin, and he became a great and mighty king and warrior and psalmist. We read of his songs and his testimonies throughout the word. But there's an entire book written. So I just wanted to, to start with that. Um, in John 10:27, some of these verses you can turn to, some of them you don't need to. I've written this one down. And the verse says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know each one, and they will follow me. My hungry years ago. Hmm, I think I did not write that down correctly. Anyway, this is a promise. We are God's children, and we're his sheep. We can hear the Lord's voice. That's a promise. We don't ever have to question that. In Jeremiah 33, 3, the word says, Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets that can come to you that the Lord's going to reveal to you if we're listening. So I wanted to touch on remarkable because sometimes we really don't break words down and we don't understand exactly what God is talking about. But I have almost a full page. So, and I feel like it's worthy of our attention. So remarkable means extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, astounding, marvelous, wonderful, sensational, stunning, incredible, unbelievable, miraculous, Phenomenal, striking, outstanding, momentous, impressive, unforgettable, noteworthy, great, important, rare, 
surprising, fantastic, terrific, tremendous, stupendous, awesome, out of this world, wondrous. That's what remarkable means. So when you think about when God says, if we take time, pull ourselves away, and just listen for his voice, there are remarkable things that he wants to reveal to you, personally and corporately. It could be things for this nation right now, where we find ourselves in. David was a little shepherd boy. You know, the youngest of all of his siblings, and I think because he loved God so much, he kind of was different and they didn't really care for him. So they sent him out to the mountains to deal with the sheep, which by all means is not a great job and it's not a very clean job. But David would spend his time out there. David wasn't complaining out there when it was dark and it was pouring rain and there was thunder and lightning and there was no place for him to find coverage. David was singing a song. He was talking to the Lord, and he was listening to what the Lord had to say. So oftentimes, if we will allow ourselves to be still, when I lived up on the hill in Creechy, which I miss very much, I had like 11 acres, and every morning I would get up, and I would go out, and sometimes it would be dark, and I would just pace the land and I would pray and I would sit and I would talk to the Lord and the Lord would talk back to me. But I had to set that time aside. And I want to encourage you to take a walk with the Holy Spirit. Take a walk with him this week. Do something different, out of the norm. See, one of our greatest weapons against the enemy, who we all have, is intimacy with Jesus. It's intimacy. Luke 24, 32 says, The passion to hear his voice will begin to burn in you day and night. In Jeremiah 23, 29, the word reads, Does not my word burn like fire? In Psalms 25:14, there's a private place that's reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation and the secrets of his promises. See, if we don't have that secret place, he can't reveal the deep secrets to us. Some of us... Some of those secrets are going to be just for you. But some might be for someone else, brother or sister. Um, so I'm going to tell a little story about one of the first times that the Lord spoke to me. Is um, I've always loved animals, any kind of animal. I love them. And I was out by my pond. We had a beautiful pond up on the hill. And every spring there would be a family of ducks. And as I was watching the ducks and the ducklings, you know, swim around, I'd always noticed this before, but that day I said, Father, why is the female duck so 
ugly, really. She's plain. She's simple. And why is the male duck so beautiful? And for a moment, it was quiet. But then he said, I disguised her to blend into the surroundings because the male is the protector, and he's beautiful and gorgeous. So he distracts any enemy around. So isn't it that's so simple? But that's what he had to say. All we have to do is ask. One day I'd lost a pair of earrings, and the earrings were really important to me. I couldn't find them anywhere. And I was getting a little anxious, and um, all of a sudden I heard this like, And I, in my bathroom up on the hill, when I would look out the door, there was a big paned window here and a large paned window in the living room. And there was a little bird pecking. And I, you know, I'm talking to the bird, and I'm like, oh, honey, you can't come in here. You're going to get hurt. Don't fly into the window. I went back into the bathroom to do what I was doing, and like, bird. I'm not getting it. See, sometimes the Holy Spirit has to speak more than once to get our attention. So once again, I hear the tap, tap, tap. And when I go out, I realized that the Holy Spirit wanted to say something to me. So I went. There was a couch there, and I just sat on the couch. The moment I sat down on the couch to wait on the Lord, the bird flew away. And I sat there for a moment, and I'm waiting for the Lord and waiting for the Lord, and he gives me the scripture in Matthew, I believe it's 6, where he talks about why do we worry about the clothing and the food, the lilies of the field, you know, and I was like, I'm worrying, I'm worrying, I'm sorry, so I repented for worrying. And I went back into the bathroom, and the Lord said, open up the mirror. And when I opened up the mirror to the medicine cabinet, there was this little tiny hole, and the earrings had fallen in that hole. Now, I never would have known that had I not listened to the Holy Spirit and what he was trying to say. God will begin to reveal to you his yearning heart that longs to speak to you more than you want to, to hear it. I'm going to read that again. God will begin to reveal to you his yearning heart that longs to speak to you more than you want to hear. See, our hunger attracts him. When we are hungry for him, it attracts him. Each time he speaks... It's going to activate a little more faith in us to believe that God is a God of his word. He's not a man that lies. He sends his word out to do what he sends it to do. It never falls to the ground and returns void, and it never dies. It always obeys him. So when we hear his voice, when we prepare ourselves And we make it a habit, we discipline to find that place to hear, and we hear his voice. Faith begins to rise, and that little flicker becomes a flame 
and we want more. If you can picture a slingshot, kind of like, I wanted to say a catapult, but if you can picture, you know, like David and the three stones and the slingshot, picture you being in the slingshot as you continue to move forward in this quiet time and greater intimacy with the Lord, that each time the God, our Father, is slinging you up just a little farther into places of freedom, into new things. Things begin to spring forth, like it talks about in Isaiah, where water begins to spring forth in the spring. Spring forth. His word begins to spring forth in greater manna. Matthew 19.26. Let's just turn there really quick. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now you may wonder, why am I sticking that verse in at this point? Because the more time we spend with him, the more intimacy we have, the greater relationship, the more we believe for the impossible and the supernatural and the spiritual things not of this earth in this natural realm. See, we see with natural eyes, but God's calling us in these days to see with our spiritual eyes, to hear with our spiritual ears, to feel with our spiritual heart what God is saying, what he's doing, and what he's speaking to our heart. Ephesians 3.20, you can turn there as well. It's one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. Okay. I'm going to start at 19. Uh, No, I don't want to start at 19. I'm having a hard time. There it is. A mediator, however, implies more than... Am I? Oh, I'm in Galatians. Sorry, guys. Does anybody have Ephesians right there? Barb, will you read it really loud for me? Because I'm having trouble here. Uh, 3.20. Thank you, Barb. Real loud. See, God intended for us to live in a place of hope despite the storms, despite COVID-19. We can be the eagles he's called us to be who rise high above what we think that we can do on this earth. God's story for you is bigger than you have dreamed of. See, that scripture says, far above what you have hoped 
or dreamed of. And it all starts with the divine romance or the dance of intimacy with Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, I was sitting um, out on my back deck, and I was just kind of talking to the Lord, and I was talking about intimacy and encounters, and I guess it was kind of like one of my Debbie Downer moments. I'm being transparent and admitting to you. And kind of feeling I'd been reading this book about this woman and all these encounters that she had. And I guess I was kind of feeling sorry for myself because I... And then the Holy Spirit kind of tapped me and he began to bring to memory the encounters that I've had. The times that he came. The ducks. The bird on the window. He reminded me of the morning that I went out early and the sun was just beginning to rise. And, oh, I just was so happy it was a Sunday morning. I couldn't wait to get to church and worship. And I was skipping down the path. And suddenly, out of nowhere, hundreds of different kinds of birds. I was not afraid. It wasn't that kind of a thing. They were following me everywhere I went. And I was skipping, and I said, Lord, I feel like Snow White right now. And I could hear him giggle. And they just swarmed, and I began to sing. And they stayed while I prayed. That was an encounter. That was an encounter with him. So what the Lord took me to, which brought this whole word, which has kind of been kind of all over the place, I'm sorry, is, hi, the Lord spoke to me that morning. He spoke to me Psalms 27. So I I would just like to read that quickly, and then I'm going to go to Psalms 25.5. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even when I, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I want to stop there. When we are spending time with Jesus, we don't have to be afraid. I don't know about you, but if all I get to do is open and shut a door in heaven, I'm okay with that. Because that's all I want is to be with him all of my days. I'd like you guys to turn to Psalms 25.5, but I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, so you don't have to turn if you don't want to. It says, Escort me along the way. Take me by the hand and teach me, for you are the God of my increasing salvation, and I have wrapped my heart into yours. Part of what that scripture is talking about is waiting. But I think for me, when I've 
thought about waiting. I've thought about, you know, I've done all I can do. I have prayed. I've fasted. I've gone to the pastors and elders. I've submitted all this. I'm just going to wait. But this gives a different version. I really loved this. And the Hebrew word commonly translated for wait, um, I'm not going to try to say. I think it's kwava, is kwava, which also means to tie together by twisting or to intertwine or to wrap tightly. This is a beautiful concept of waiting upon God, not as something passive, but entwining our hearts with him and his purposes. So can't you picture yourself just wrapping yourself around him, right under his mighty wings and his presence where we're safe, and just wait until Daddy says, okay, now it's time and this is what I want you to do. Isn't that a beautiful picture? The last thing that I want to say, yep, that's the last thing, (laughs) is that the Lord showed me when we talk about the Holy of Holies and the outer court, I've never thought of it like this, but it really touched me. It, It read, the outer court is where we walk. Now this is in reference to one of my all-time favorite scriptures, Isaiah 40, where it says, for those who wait upon the Lord, they will walk and not be weary, they will run and not faint, but they will mount up with wings like eagles. So the outer court, if we're walking, is walking. The holy place is where we're running. Oh, we're running. Because there's a storm, but we're not aware of the storm. The the winds are howling. The thunder and lightning is just like an eagle, where the eagle finds the highest peak. It's not afraid of the storm. It uses the storm, the wind current from the storm, to soar over the storm, to get to where it wants to go. There is a place right now that Father is wanting to take us so we can walk in the outer courts, we can run, or while we're waiting, we can go into the Holy of Holies and we can soar with him and the eagles above everything that's going on in this natural realm. See, we are here on this earth, but we are not of this earth. We are body, soul, and spirit. And we are called to walk by the spirit because the sons of God, what do they do? They walk by the spirit. So I encourage you today. God is listening. Find a place, any place, that's just for you and him. Nobody needs to know about it. Let him speak to you so you can encounter him. And I encourage you, don't walk. Run to the Holy of Holies and soar. Amen? Amen.
on their crops. I had a wonderful conversation with one of my granddaughters. She was concerned about the return of the Lord and what she would miss out on. I said, are you kidding me? I said, Jedediah, my son, had the same concern because he knew that the presence of the Lord at one point in time, according to the word, would return. And he wanted to be a professional football player. So he said, I don't, I don't want him to come now. I, I might miss my opportunity. If we understand that our adversary will be bound for 980 years, 1,000 years. I tried to encourage my granddaughter. I said, can you imagine what it would be like to walk in the earth without the demonic influences of our adversary and all of his demons influence how we live life out? doesn't mean the carnality because there'll be those that are going to be born during that time, that 980 years. doesn't mean the actual nature won't be a place that we're going to be tested. Can you imagine 980 years, 1,000 years without an adversary, without all the demonic influences because they'll be bound? So preparation for this time that's coming, out of many come one. Look. We're just a part of the nations that will gather during that time. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the life and the substance because your word divides asunder, spirit, soul from body. And, Lord, we're contending to believe that we can be those that hear what your spirit is saying, see what you're doing, and have the empowerment of the very presence of your Holy Spirit to walk it out and to fulfill that which you have for us. Any announcements? Praise the Lord. We love you and we bless you.